Good morning, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Galatians, and we're going to read from Galatians chapter 6. This is the final chapter of the book of Galatians. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instructions in the word must share all good things with his instructors. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap, will, reap, will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are belonging to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised, that you may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation, Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brothers, Amen. Or shall we pray? Father, we just would ask your blessing now as we come to this final part of the book of Galatians, the letter that we've been uh, going through together. And our Father, we just pray that you will open our hearts to what you would have us learn from this letter and from this particular passage as we do this in your presence. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So as Paul draws this letter to a close in the absence of any real commendation he will nevertheless pass on some good advice and much needed encouragement to his readers in speaking to the church of galatia he's been addressing two groups of people and he's asking both groups to first of all examine your hearts secondly examine your motives and the reasons for doing the things that you are doing and thirdly ask the question what do i believe and on what is my belief based? So let's just look at this passage, uh, verse 1 through to 6. Uh, 
where Paul says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also will be tempted. So the very fact that uh, Paul refers to them as brothers and sisters, it shows the association that he has with them and the love that he has with them. He sees them as being part of the same family. And Paul is calling everyone together for a time of openness and truth. And he's saying if someone's caught in sin, this is a reference to the division that exists in these churches because he knows these things are going on, these things that are wrong and are influencing the rest of the congregation. But the aim is reconciliation. And the call is for gentleness and also awareness. And Paul makes it clear that it is the responsibility of the true believer to deal with the problem in hand. And he's saying to them, look, you believers within the church, you have a job to do. And it won't be done by arguing, but it will be done firmly and faithfully. So he's saying to them, look, be firm in your condemnation and firm in your stand, but be careful not to be drawn into a compromise. And then he goes on in verse 2, carry each other's burden and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, this, this is not the burden of sin. This is the burden of our daily struggles. Struggles that we all have, such as worries, weariness, material things that hold us back, medical problems and, and spiritual concerns. And this is the application of the fruit of the Spirit. Because Paul has already spoken about this. He's told them that they have to live with joy. They have to live with peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They have to show love. And he said to them, this is the law of Christ. So we can go on and say, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they're only deceiving themselves. Now this remark is aimed directly at these false teachers. Those who saw themselves as being both spiritually and intellectually above the Gentile believers. And the self-importance was actually self-deception. And he's saying to all of them, but especially to these people, examine your hearts. You'll see that you're full of self-praise. You think that you are self-sufficient. Your pharisaical teachings that you are wanting others to follow are, are encouraging others to trust in religion and not rely on Christ to save them. So he goes on in verse 4, each one should test their own actions, then they can make then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. You know, this is what the Pharisees would do. We can see that when they approached Jesus and the things that they said and the things that they did, the Pharisees would make themselves feel good by comparing themselves to bad people, 
but not necessarily always bad people, people who they see as being inferior to them. And what Paul is saying, look, you need to test your own actions to examine your motives and your reasons for how you live in order to find the truth of who you really are. And then he goes on in verse 5, Paul, he says, for each one should carry their own load. Now this, as you'll notice, is the second reference in this chapter to a burden. But this time, it's one that we must carry ourselves. It's a reminder that we are all responsible for our own actions. And verse 6, he says, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. You see, the instruction is, is, is the gospel, the teachings of Jesus. And what he's saying to these people who are going off on a tangent with their own ideas, he's saying to them, look, you must support those who are teaching you the truth. And in verse 10, he says, this is speaking again to the whole church, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he has sown. Now, just stop for a moment. This word mocked in this context doesn't mean to ridicule. It doesn't mean don't ridicule God. It means that they cannot succeed in trying to be better than God by replacing God's ways with their ways because that's what these people are doing. You know, saying, look, it's not enough to put your trust in, in Jesus and his death on the cross, but in addition to that, you now have to work in order to earn your salvation. And you need to do that by following the law. And you need to do that by being circumcised. But he goes on in verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. You see, he's drawn a line. This is the division between these people, those who are out for themselves and are of the opinion that they can earn their salvation in their way. But you know, that just leads to destruction. But then, on the other side of the line, there are those who accepted Jesus as their saviour. And by doing that, that alone is what entitles them to eternal life. This really, in this final part of the letter, is a summary of the division that exists between these people in this church. And in verse 9 he said, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You see, Paul knows that it's not easy to live the Christian life. It's not easy to show the fruit of the Spirit. So he, he brings them words of encouragement. And he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He's reminding them of where the emphasis should be in this situation that they find themselves in. He's saying, look, we have responsibility to both those who believe and those who don't believe, 
But in this situation that you, you churches in Galatia, the situation that you are in, your greater responsibility is to the believer. Yes, part of what you need to do is to involve the restoration of the false teachers. But more than that is the preservation of those who believe. And then as we come down to the final parts, verse 11 through to 18, Paul is dealing with the crux of the matter. And in verse 11, he makes this statement. He says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Now, we've got to stop for a moment and, and think about this, you know. Did a scribe write the first part of this letter by dictation? That is the way some of the letters would have been written. Paul's words dictated to a scribe who would then write them down. And if that's the case here, then at this point, did Paul take the pen from the scribe to write this last part of the letter in big letters to emphasize his point, you know, in, in the way that we might use a highlighter pen? Maybe he wrote the whole letter himself, which he would have done. And maybe just when he came to this bit, this is when he started to write in big letters. But the point is that he wanted them to sit up. He wanted them to listen as he wraps things up in these final words of his letter. You know, if we go back and look at the letter, we'll see that part of the writing was that he would need to establish his apostleship, which he did. Then he would have to defend the doctrine of justification by faith, which he did. We've seen that. Then he would bring out the emphasis of the importance of God's grace. And then he would challenge those who are teaching that faith in Jesus is not enough to secure salvation. And now, in this final part, he's going to tell them why these false teachers want them, the true believers, to commit to circumcision. So in verse 12, he says, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted, uh, being persecuted for the cross of Christ. See, what Paul is doing in these few verses is exposing the motives of these false teachers who are more concerned with outward appearance than inner change. You know, this reminds us of the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 14 and verse 27. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciples. See, in this passage in Luke, Luke is telling us that Jesus is making it clear that for anyone who puts their trust in him and then to follow him, it won't be easy. And for these Jews in Galatia, for them to follow Jesus, it will mean that by putting their faith in the power of the cross, they would then be ridiculed by their fellow Jews. And so, in order to have an easy life, they look for a compromise. And by doing this, 
they are compromising the gospel. You do that by telling others that salvation is not in Christ alone. This is an important point, really, because I'm sure there are many people who will feel that by just trusting in Christ, in the fact that all is needed is faith in the fact that he died for us because we are sinners and we can't do anything ourselves. And for some people that seems ridiculous. And some people will then go away with that ridiculous thought in their mind and will try to change it. They will try to compromise the gospel. They will try to include other things that they feel they should be doing. And it'll all be outward. The fact that they will think that just by going to church or just by reading the Bible or just by being good people is what they need to do in order to earn salvation. But to accept their compromise will put the people back under the law. And it would signal allegiance to Judaism. And this would remove salvation by grace. And then reduce it to what we might call religious legalism. You see, if these people succeed, then it will put them in a position of authority in the church. And that authority that they would have would gain favour with the Jewish leaders. But Paul goes on and he says, look, you've got to realise what these people are doing. And in verse 13 he said, not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. See, the bottom line is that these false teachers are actually hypocrites who are out for personal gain. And Paul will now draw a contrast between their boasting and his boasting. Verse 14, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. You see, these people are boasting in themselves. They're boasting in their own efforts to gain salvation. But Paul is boasting in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, his death his resurrection, and his ascension back into heaven. Just as we finish with these things in mind and as we move away from this letter of Paul, I just want to take you to one of his other letters, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 through to 17, which really uh, says something about what he's just said about neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And this is what he said to the Church of Corinth. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. 
and the new is here. So, it's in Christ alone that we can be saved. And in verse 16, he said, Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule for the Israel of God. Why does he say the Israel of God? Well, because he's referring to the new Israel, those who follow Jesus. And you will see that through the New Testament, where those who have put their trust and faith in Jesus are seen as being the true children of God. So he says in verse 15, from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. You know, again, as we think about this, we can go back to 2 Corinthians, and this time chapter 11. And if you look at that passage from verse 16 through to 33, and take the time to sit down and read it, because in that passage, Paul talks about the marks that he carries on his body from the beatings that he has received, from the shipwrecks that he's endured, all these hard times where he suffered. And some of them, these people in Galatia would know about. Because when he took the the, the, the gospel to Galatia, he, he was stoned, he was left for dead. And it was all for preaching the gospel. And in verse 30 of that passage in 2 Corinthians, he says this, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weaknesses. So Paul wrote this final part in big letters. So the church of Galatia, not just one church of Galatia, but the churches in that area of Galatia would take these things that he's saying and would use them to God's glory and to remove those false teachers. And in verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. So Paul has now finished this letter. It's been quite a harsh letter. It needed to be. And um, he hasn't really commended them. He's just been directing them in the direction that they should go. And I want to just finish with the what is really the key verse of the whole letter. And you'll find it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And he wants them to know this. He wants them to live by this. He wants them to teach this. He wants them to bring these false teachers into, into the truth of this. This is the verse. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this is for us today as well. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you again for this letter to the churches in Galatia. Thank you for the reminders that you give us that we don't need anything other than what Jesus did in order for us to be free of the bondage of sin. Now, Father, we pray that we might continue to stand on that 
safe ground that we might be one with each other and one in Christ the one who paid the price that we could not pay and Father we pray that you will remind us of this constantly and Father if there's any listening who do not understand this or who have not put their trust in you we pray that we will open their hearts that they will see that while yes it is good to do good it's good to go to church it's good to sing the hymns but Father these things will only remain as religious traditions until until we put our trust and faith in what you did on the cross and then we can go forward in your name as we do it in thanks for what you have done for us. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.